0: I am seeing that us overachievers, we actually need soft, grounded. We're gonna go do the thing no matter what. We don't yeah. need an ass kicking. That's the whole that's the whole problem. We had our ass kicked. Stop that crying bullshit. Right. Suck it up. Get it done. That's what we do. And and we need that space. You're a high achiever. On paper
1: and through the eyes of others, you've made it. Congratulations. But the truth is you feel unwanted, unworthy, and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. So get your best hider's face on, sit down, and let your guard down. What's on the other side of this shit will change your life. There are so many ways people like us fuck ourselves over. But let's start with five ways. When you know them, maybe you'll finally stop doing them. Over on my website, you'll find a free download listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at KarenGoldfingerBaker.com. My guest today in the Trauma Hiders Club is Allison Crow. To me, Allison is all the things real, honest, creative, and bigger-than-big Texas love. Listen in as we talk about letting go, unburdening, healing, and the dark side of kicking ass, and so much more. Settle in for this joyride. You're in the Trauma Hiders Club. Allison, I'm so glad you're here.
0: Yeah, I'm super honored to be here, and I think trauma is a really really important topic especially among our peers and you know in the coaching world
1: yeah absolutely
0: it's everywhere right right but we didn't know it like right like for so long we didn't know it and I there was a lot of things in the. And I've been coaching for 17 years mm-hmm. well 15 years and 17 years self-employed and had a coach for 17 years and it's like why don't some things work mm. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, why don't things work? And now I'm going, oh, that's why.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. So here you are on the Trauma Hiders Club
0: podcast.
1: What do you want to hide the most right now?
0: What? That's such a good question. What I want to hide the most, I think is, you know, as I do this work, I become more passionate about bringing it into my work with clients. Mm. And I'm, there's a part of me. So I do a lot of internal family systems as a client and as a coach, but there's a part of me that is really scared to step away from the, let me help you grow your business Mm. because that's how I started out. And it, I, it's like, what do they call that? Your zone of genius and your zone of excellence. And my zone of genius is more intuitive and deep Mm. and sensory and, and emotional and holding space, but my you know my zone of excellence is helping people grow their business and make money and Mm -hmm. I feel really called to let go of that. Mm. But I'm scared. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So is that the part you want to hide?
0: Um that's a good question. I want to soothe her. Mm. I've always been kind of a weirdo in the sense that I don't really have a filter. And so a lot of times I'll process my stuff after I've processed it very quickly, Mm. right? Like they say, as a coach, don't process it with your clients, but I'll process it. And then the next day I'll share it. And I have been known to have a mental breakdown, like episode 16, 17 to 18, maybe of my podcast midlife Mm. crisis. And so I'm trying to think what I hide.
1: Yeah. It's not important that you share what you hide in this moment. What I'm hearing you say is there is, there's a transition that you're feeling in your world. Mm -hmm. And uh, perhaps the Heidi part is (laughs) Heidi, so to speak, the hiding part of that is I feel called to leave this thing
0: that has been a huge part of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I feel like hiding from the, well, and this is, I'm so Enneagram seven which is such a part of my story is I'm what I really want to hide from is the discomfort. That's, I don't, I don't want to hide from people out there. That's my calling to share authentically, but I want to hide from the pain in myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. i I
1: totally feel that by the way, I'm an Enneagram number eight, so I'm going to call you out on your shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I think it's good. I need that
1: right right all these seven fucking butterfly people
0: (laughs) I'm kind of snotty because I'm like I've been doing this so long it takes really good skill to call me out on my shit
1: (laughs) bring it you people may have thought you're coming to Trauma Hydra's Club, but this just became <laughs> fight club. So bring it, Alison Crow.
0: <laughs> need to kick someone's ass on your your podcast or your with your clients. I'm happy to be <laughs> hardcore coach.
1: Yeah. I think we're aligned there. <laughs> so why trauma
0: and why now? For the first seven years of my You know, I was in real estate world. I was a real estate sales coach. Positivity, mindset, 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 do the task, do the task, do the task. Positivity, positivity. About seven years ago, I had a meme that I shared. I wrote about this yesterday that like P Diddy and LL Cool Day shared my meme that was like positivity, be positive. Positive energy attracts positive energy. Mm. And then yesterday I kind of denounced that. (laughs) What are you
1: saying that LL Cool J and P Diddy shared your meme? Yes.
0: What? Shared my art. I know. And then you know what happened, Karen? So I'm seeing this. I'm in a casino with my husband, and I'm seeing this, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" LL Cool J and P Diddy shared my meme, and then my husband won seventeen thousand dollars and totally trumped my moment. (laughs) I mean, if that isn't fucking trauma right there, bitches. Right. Right. Oh man,
1: that that's super cool. And of course, that happened.
0: Yeah, well, and, it, and here's the other thing. It didn't do anything for me. Well, it was just a, it was just a like glory stroke.
1: Right. right, but, right. But uh, what did it do for you? Forget about what did it do for your fame? What did, it,
0: what was that feeling? Oh, it, it, well, they didn't credit me. So my name was on the artwork, but it was not like they tagged me, but yeah. it did. It was like, Oh, something I said is important. Mm. Right. And that's one of my big things is, is being seen and actually it's not being seen. It's, it's the quote, not being invisible, mm. right? Like I wanted to be seen yeah, instead of overlooked. And I uh, started painting for fun. And I called this mentor that I had seen online and she does painting. I thought it was just painting and I had been doing a lot of regular coachy, coaching, 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 And I just called her and said, Hey, I want to do this certification program. It's a year long, but I don't really care about the certification. I already have a business, but I do want to come paint with the old ladies in the woods. <laughs> I really wanted to be around older women. And she was an older woman and I just had a craving. So there was obviously something in that. And next thing you know, I'm feeling things. Mm. I didn't realize, you know, I struggle with depression, like clinical depression. I was diagnosed at 22. My mm. dad had it. My family members had it. It's just something I've always lived with. And I didn't realize—I had no clue—that I wasn't actually feeling that I was depressing feelings down. Mm. And still, until I started painting mm. with this woman and and got trained in that modality, and that was just the beginning of like, oh. I don't depress these things anymore. And at 45 or whatever I was, began to learn how to feel. And then fast forward to even this year, I just knew last year, I was like, well, if somebody didn't experience the effects of un- treated or loved on trauma Mm -hmm. over the last five years. So between the election and COVID that brought up so much stuff. There's Mm -hmm. a a litany of it, but at the beginning of the year, at the end of last year, I was like, I really want to work on self-trust and I had worked on it myself, but I, I knew I needed some help. And so I reached out to a colleague of mine who's a coach and a licensed therapist. And she sent me a book. Richard Swartz on Mm. internal family systems. And all of a sudden, it was like somebody pulled back the curtain, and everything made sense to the logical part, which runs my life. Mm. But having the logical part of my being understand why I was super emotionally sensitive, or why in a business contact, I would turn into a three year old girl, Mm. like I know I shouldn't behave that way, but it would just come up. And so through working with her and through reading and through studying, it's happened really fast, but just seeing all the pieces, it's like all the things that didn't work for myself or my clients flash before my eyes Mm. because we were treating the symptom, not the root. Right, right.
1: Can you tell us, perhaps our listeners don't know what internal family systems is or is about?
0: Internal family systems is... A modality science backed by uh, Richard Swartz kind of discovered it with his clients, and he was a family system. So, family, as in all the people in a family, right? They're like an institution. And he realized in his clients that clients had a multiplicity inside. So not like dissociative disorder, but that most of his clients would naturally use language and say a part of me, this, and a part of me, Mm. that and recognize the polarities. And so over the past 40 years, he's studied and developed this work. And so it's this modality that a lot of therapists get trained in now coaches and business people. And, and it just makes sense. And so the concept is that you have trying to keep this concise, you have protectors and exiles, and then you have self and self capital S E L F is like what I've always called sacred self. Like it's, Mm. it's still my human, but it's also my most wise part, Mm. loving, compassionate, caring. And what's interesting is I had also hired my coach. I, like, I wrote down three things I want to get out of this self-leadership self trust, and I can't remember the third one. And they call it self leadership. And so we have all these parts, like if you think of a business organization, but why was the three year old and me being the CEO, Mm. when I really need her to do her her role? Yeah. And so they're protecting, you know, these traumatized parts. And so there's all these processes and ways of being with people and with ourselves, and just acknowledgement. And I probably didn't do it justice in describing it, but a few, I don't know, back when I was doing that painting in 2014, I was reading a lot of Thich Han. Hanh
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's a phrase and I can't find this phrase in the book. It's almost like it just came through on the paper because I mm-hmm. have looked for it in um, taming the tiger within because I used to be a very, I mean, very nice, happy, but when you hit a button, I got volatile. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading this book about anger. And the phrase I remember is they're their anger. I see you. I won't leave you. I'm here for you. And it just melted mm. anything in my body. And so I, I totally stole it. And I've taught it to my clients. Mm. They're their blank. So they're their fear. They're their anything that comes up instead of saying, fuck your fears. It was right. like, oh, high comparison. I see you. Yeah, I'm here for you. I won't leave you. And now, through IFS, what's different about IFS for me is I take it one step further. What do you want me to know? Mm. Instead of me coaching my fear, I listen to it. Oh, imagine that.
1: (laughs) Magnificent.
0: I mean, that was the best thing my coach therapist said to me. She's like, it was like session number two, because we as coaches tend to do that. We like, right,
1: right. We coach ourselves all day long
0: yeah and so it's like no don't don't coach these parts like that's a that's a part of me she's awesome but my my little parts and my hurt parts and my scared parts are all but that's the other thing all parts are benevolent and Mm -hmm. all parts are welcome in ifs and so they don't need my intellect they need my compassion and my heart and that is below my neck and embodied and so I realized I was running around. I mean, how do you stop trauma? You get all in your head so that you don't feel your body. And life is different now because I let it go down into my body. Mm. And I am practicing connecting just like I would if you and I were sitting on a bench or actually the, the image yesterday came up. I was talking with my book coach of Piglet and Pooh. Mm-hmm. And there's all these sweet pictures of them just being together. Yeah. Sitting on a bench or and so I just <laughs> Piglet and Pooh just sit together sometimes. Really? And sweet. that starts to heal some of the burdens. Mm, really nice. That's
1: yeah, beautiful. Tell me one thing. When you were talking about internal family systems, when I think about feedback, for example, um. When I receive feedback, a couple of things happen to me. One, right away, like I feel anywhere from butterflies to rage. When somebody says to me, I want to give you some feedback. It can be anything from butterflies to rage. It's rarely Mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I become, let's say, a seven-year-old who's in trouble Right. And I hear my father's voice. Mm-hmm. Internal family is not actual your family of origin
0: structure. It's it's the family that you've created within. Yes. And okay. so let me see. I, I don't have any of my notes. And I used to have a little note card that had a real succinct thing about what internal family systems is because mm-hmm. some people get freaked out by the fact that it's multiplicity. And, but for me, it was just, I mean, I'm, for coaching, like, for coaching and living, like, of course, I, I mean, I've been teaching both and and woman mm-hmm. of range, right, right, like, I am both completely confident and insecure. Yeah, well, those are parts, right? Right. And so yes, it is the internal family. And I i am not trained as a therapist. So I don't really know anything about family systems therapy. But Got apparently, it. there's this correlation in how, you know, you effectively work with families or organizations, etc. And so, It's not, yes, it's not your father. However, Mm -hmm. these parts, when the intense emotional experience happens as a child, those protective parts are activated Mm -hmm. and not as something wrong with you, but as something to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. And yet when you start to dialogue and get really curious from self about these parts, tell me how old you think I am. Mm. Oh, I think you're six. Oh, I think you're three. You know, because they're, it's like, they're stuck at that age that it happened. Right. Instead of realizing actually I'm 49. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm out of debt. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm here. I'm partnered with somebody who is here. We have And you share kind of about your life. And I remember being trained in some of that in the early, you know, like future self and inner child work, but this is the freaking matrix inside of our minds. Mm. And it's both overwhelming at times and beautiful. Like yesterday morning, I was listening to somatic internal family systems and I was just like, Oh, getting it, getting it. And then part of me was like, there's just so many parts. (laughs) But but, so then I sit down at my desk and I, you know, I have these conversations with myself and I'm like, hi, sweetie, I see you. I'm here Mm. for you. I know there's a lot of parts and I just want you to know I'm here with you in this journey. And she's like, okay, thanks. (laughs) She softened. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's really sweet, which I'll tell you, Karen, feels weird as a woman in the business and coaching world, Mm -hmm. like I've been accused of being too soft and your clients need you to kick your ass. And I'm just like, I am seeing that us overachievers, we actually need soft grounded. We're going to go do the thing no matter what we don't need an ass kicking. That's the whole, that's the whole problem. We had our ass kicked. Stop that crying bullshit, right? Suck it up, get it done. That's what we do. And And we need that space. I mean, sometimes, and I've done this in person, but like, I remember doing this at one of Rich's events a long time ago, there was a girl, everybody was coaching her, coaching her. And just something said, could you, would you come here? I want to invite you. And you can say, no, I want to invite you to sit on my lap and let me just hold you like a mama. She was young, Mm. really strong, amazing woman. And she just melted in my lap. And I just Mm. rocked her like you would a four-year-old. Yeah. And I just realized, like, in the coaching world, we gotta, I, there's a time and a place for kicking butt, but there's also a time and a place for slowing down and right. softening. Yes. Yes.
1: I remember, I remember at the beginning of my coaching journey, I decided that I had the persona of like major ass kicker with lots mm-hmm. of, you know, badass energy. And, yeah. right. And like, powerful coaching. And right. I'm going to be the person who tells you the, sh- you know, I'm going to tell you the things that no one else will tell you in a way mm-hmm. that's going to wake your shit up. Yep. Been there. <laughs> right. And, and it works until it doesn't It work. Exactly. It works until it doesn't. And my God, how, how joyful, how easy, how graceful. To just show up as me, Mm -hmm. right? And by the way, that is my own personal journey of I came from, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. You're going to, you know, you're going to achieve, right? That's the story I told myself to getting to, oh, wait, love, surrender, softness, compassion, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sometimes forgiveness, (laughs) not always, that's really who
0: I am. I came from like my parents were present, mm-hmm. really present, but they weren't emotionally present. Mm-hmm. They were like emotionally disconnected. But I didn't know that. I, right. I see it now. They were loving. They were very loving. So mm-hmm. they weren't cold, but they didn't know how to feel their own feelings. Right. And they were overwhelmed. And so I I see now the living in your head. Like mm-hmm. and there's the presence. You know, when I move into my body. Sometimes just with my body, but also like, okay, let's actually connect when I so the qualities of self are calmness, curiosity, compassion, Mm. connected, confidence, creativity, courage and clarity. And when I meet those parts with that I actually meet myself Karen yeah yes. that's what I've been calling it like that's one section so my book is um I, I got so excited because everybody says be you be you mm-hmm. I used to be kind of famous for being so authentic and I think it was just because I didn't have a filter and once I left corporate world and then I took all my clothes off on Rich's stage Yeah, everybody's like oh she's so authentic and I was at the time but i still was depressing down certain parts and so they say be yourself and i was like well how do we actually do that what does mm-hmm. that mean we don't know ourselves and as i began this journey of self trust like it took me 12 years as a successful over six figure coach to really trust that my business was viable mm. right and i just i remember the moment i was like oh this like this actually works and Hmm. it had been working for 12 years. Hmm. It's not a fluke. So to be yourself, you have to trust yourself. But how do you trust yourself? Like, oh, that's real easy to say. You actually have to meet the parts of you that world and media and culture and even a lot of positive psychology says is negative emotion. Mm -hmm. Not negative. Right. There are no negative emotions. Oh, some girl on my Instagram yesterday, she was like, what about narcissistic people? And I was like, honey, I get it. Yeah, that's behavior, right? It's totally negative behavior. Like we can behave poorly, but no emotion is negative. And I'll tell you what's fascinating. I know this is a tiny little rabbit trail, and I won't go deep down it, but your listeners Richard Swartz is working with schizophrenic people, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, it's um, there's a different language term for it now. He's working with murderers mm. in prison, like the deepest, like truly people that have had seriously poor behaviors. And mm-hmm. IFS fuels oh. that shit wow. and they change, right? Oh. Because I mean, it makes so it just makes log- logical sense to mm. me. And so he's done and studied this work with people that really have. Diagnosable stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing about IFS. Nothing is pathologized. I see. Yeah. It's not a problem. Right. It's it's not a problem. And that attitude, right? That's just a, we can have all the same conditions. And when we see it as a problem, it creates more burdening. And so the process of IFS is about unburdening these exiles. And I didn't get why my coach called herself the unburdened leadership podcast or, you know, unburdened leader. And it's true, right? Like that little six-year-old that shows up on a business call because somebody's canceling a contract or, you know, normal stuff that happens in every business, that little six-year-old inside of me is carrying Mm -hmm. the burden. And so it's, I'm meeting all of myself. And the more I meet myself and trust my, no doubt's not going away. Comparison's not going away, but the more I know them, I trust them and they trust me, all right, yeah, yes. yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an actual relationship, so I'm mm-hmm. not coaching them, I'm not above them, I'm like Pooh and Piglet, <laughs> right? Just You're sitting pooh. next to them. I mean, Pooh and Piglet is just so sweet from yeah. my childhood. And there's my book coach gave me the house on Pooh Corner, and mm-hmm. I didn't get it when she gave it to me, and mm-hmm. I get it now, love it, because mm-hmm. the way Pooh and Piglet talk to themselves and talk to Christopher Robin is an internal kindness that you know, we don't really see a whole lot in the world mm-hmm. anymore. And so yeah. everybody's like, yeah, be kind. Well, what does that mean? Right. You've got to be kind in yourself, especially, and I don't want to call it shadow Karen. I don't yeah. want to call it dark. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything that makes it wrong. Right. And so I tell my clients and I do myself, don't just put your joy on your altar, put your fear on your altar, mm. put your, rejection mm-hmm. you're you you know for me my my deepest fear of being insignificant and put it on the altar and listen hmm. Met, you know everybody says what you focus on expands well what you ignore fucking expands and blows up and causes problems in your body and in oh your hell life. yes so <laughs> put your hard shit on your altar and hmm. listen hmm. I love that I almost want to say worship I mean, that, that hits another part of me Mm -hmm. that's been traumatized by religion, but you know, if, if we fall in love with a new lover, we hang on their every word Mm -hmm. and we can listen to fear and doubt and deep pain of insignificant without believing it, it just needs to be witnessed.
1: Right. Yeah. That's really, really beautiful. And so, so helpful. I imagine, you know, I'm, I created this podcast for me. I know that there sure. are listeners, right? So as I'm hearing this, I hear an invitation for me for even deeper surrender. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I am regularly fighting the parts of myself. That's part of my that's part of the work I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. Regularly fighting with a story of damage and shittiness and filth. And mm-hmm. as I go deeper, I see that those thoughts, those ways of being, those what I even call personalities are all, all part of who I am. And
0: there's such wisdom there. Yeah, so beautiful. What I like about IFS too, is like, we're not trying to get rid of them. Some of them are doing this burden job of protecting, right? So even when you're fighting with yourself, you're like, oh, I shouldn't be this, or I still feel Mm -hmm. this, that part is protecting something, right? And it's working really hard. So it's actually consuming energy in your being. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing it for years. And one of the questions is like, what would you be doing if you didn't have to work so hard? And they're like, I I have to work hard. A lot of (laughs) of them are like, I ain't fucking going anywhere, bitch. Right. We were going to get hurt. We will die. I mean, some of the, I'm, oh, I got chills down my whole body. Mm. I have an Enneagram three client that- And tell us what that is. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And I'm not a super expert on Enneagram. I know you have a podcast, so we can connect with that. But Enneagram threes are real performers. Excellence. They do everything Mm -hmm. with excellence. And I have this client that does do everything with excellence. And we were talking one day and she was like, if I listen to my fear, that's rewarding bad behavior. Mm -hmm. And then we got a little bit deeper. And one of the phrases, I was like, What if you didn't have to be perfect? She's like, Well, I could rest, Mm. but why? Why? Why live if it's not perfect? And this is like a super professional, successful woman, Mm. top of her field. But the inner voices say, Why live if it's not perfect? Wow. Right. And that's how, right, these points. And so we shove them down and we shove them down. And she's having, some extreme physical responses that you don't realize are connected to these emotions. I'm not a doctor, Mm -hmm. but like when we start asking questions and I get curious and I'm, I'm really facilitating her to be curious because my clients don't know how to be curious with Mm -hmm. these parts. They only know how to shove them in the closet, push them down. And so, and no one's taught us, right, right. Karen? Like here right. we are in middle age learning it. And I think it's the greatest fucking thing ever. I I want people with kids. Can you? I mean, can you imagine coming home from school and and instead of saying, Susie, is such a jerk, your parents said, tell me how your body feels. Mm-hmm. What does your body want me to know? And even in the simplest ways. And it it really does. That word unburden is so good. Yeah. So I want to tell you one quick little story, like a real life example of what this work has done in my life. Okay. I'm on my second marriage. We've been together for 15 years, living in the same house for 15 years and married for 13 or something like that. And I love my husband. I call him like Oscar the grouch. He's got a really soft, genuine heart, but he's a really crunchy fucker on the outside. <laughs> And part of me when I met him like that because he didn't let me bowl over him and he wasn't impressed with like mm. me as a businesswoman. And um, he's also a teacher. And so there was a you know financial difference. Like he wasn't intimidated by mm-hmm. me being a successful bu- businesswoman. And so there's all these really great matches. However, he's a griper and I'm a words of affirmation girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so It took me seven years not to take his gritching personally. It took me seven years. Okay. And so we've had like one of our biggest fights is like your tone of voice is, you know, and I just, there's a neediness when I fight back with Mm -hmm. him and I've been wanting a pool. My husband does not want a pool. Mm -hmm. And he kind of said, I realize you're going to do long story short, I'm getting the pool. I didn't really ramrod him. I, I handled all of his objections. I'm paying for it, whatever. But I, I realized my big thing, like, why don't I have a pool already is because I didn't want to disappoint my husband because I'm afraid he would leave. Mm-hmm. So I never pushed over a certain limit, hmm. which means I never totally stood up tall yeah. and straight as me. Right. And so the other day, a week ago, I contracted on the pool. And then a few days later, And he's still just kind of joking, like, I'm not ever going to get in it. He's kind of, we kind of have a joke about it now, but we come home, we, we leave to go get a shake or something and we come home and one of our dogs is out and we have three dogs and one of them, we have to lock in a crate because he gets out and he destroys things and eats things. And obviously that can be a financial problem Mm -hmm. and the dog in the hospital and he is pissed and he doesn't normally get like, we don't have a lot of fights anymore. We did for the first seven years. And he is pissed and he's like, you did this and you, I don't want to make him sound bad, but he just like went off on me and something very calmly, like my spine stood up and I put my hand out. I didn't feel physically threatened. I just said, you may not speak to me that way. Mm. I said, if you had talked to me that way, I understand you're mad. I understand you're scared and that you're frustrated. And you're right. I forgot I was drinking fucking wine and Mm -hmm. we were in a hurry out the door and I didn't lock the crate. ADD. Mm -hmm. And that's not an excuse, but you're right. I screwed up. I said, I feel bad enough. I don't need you talking to me that way. I said, if you had spoken to me that way in the first month of dating, I would never have given you a second chance. (laughs) And I am really kind to you when shit happens Mm -hmm. and I won't, I won't tolerate it. And he kind of barked back because he's not used to me. You know, he's used to me kind of going in the power struggle. And I just like, The energy of my spine was so calm and clear and kind, like Brene Brown says, Mm -hmm. because I was, and I I looked back later and I was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't, I actually stood up. And then he, then he came like five minutes later, he came and sat down next to me and said, you're right. I was wrong. I should Mm -hmm. never speak to you that way. And he was really, it like, it called forth his genuine, loving, masculine for me to not Pretzel myself. Right. When I wasn't afraid of his disappointment, I'm like, dude, we've been together 15 years and our relationship just went to a whole new place because that sweet little part of me, in that moment, she said, Would you please tell him instead of Mm. cowering in the closet? That little part said, Could you please tell him it's not okay? I love
1: that. Yeah. Wow. I imagine. uh, I mean, I'm looking at me and imagining those in this community to hear that sweet little voice is not only jarring right mm-hmm. it's jarring out of the the stories that we tell ourselves of unworthiness mm-hmm. right and there's a there's a shift there that that little person is tender and hurt and mm-hmm. such a wise, wise voice
0: mm-hmm. in 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 who we are. Yeah, yeah. They'll tell us who we need, right? You know. In, co- in contrast, and I said we haven't. We we don't really fight for the last seven years. What started is we had an argument, probably about the same fucking thing. Either that, or my high heel shoes on the floor coming out after work and just <laughs> taking all my clothes off. And it was like it was one of those, you know, how married couples we just fight about the same thing for twenty years, right. and there was a moment, I'll admit, this is really embarrassing. But this was how trauma showed up that I didn't realize it was trauma. And we're getting in a fight. And I just get more pissed and more And he's calm and quiet. And I get volatile. Like I Mm. grew up in a volatile verbal abusive household. And Mm. I pick up one of our wedding presents, which is this giant heavy candle full of rocks. And I like aim it at him. And then I (laughs) turn to throw it at the wall, thinking it's going to explode mm. the, on the wall. It doesn't explode. It goes right through the fucking wall, <laughs> the outside of the house. And he was like, uh, uh-uh. uh," and he called my best friend is like, that's abuse. And so I, like, I realized I had hit my mm. anger point. And so the next time we had an argument, I remember feeling that sensation come up in my body. And I said, I need a minute. And he was like, you can't leave this fight. And I was like, no, I just, I'm coming right back. I'm, but I'm about to get to that boiling point. And I stepped back into the bathroom and I sat down and I said, what am I afraid of? And it was mm. the first time Karen, I had ever asked instead of what am I pissed off at? Mm. I asked, what am I afraid of? What a beautiful question. I didn't, ha- yeah. I didn't have that language. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I'm afraid of being left. My first husband left on a random Wednesday. It's a whole nother story. Mm. Married the nice guy and the nice guy still left. Mm. And, um. So I was like, I'm afraid of being unchosen. Mm. And then I said, what might he be afraid of? I don't know for sure. But if he's afraid, if we're both acting in fear, I was like, oh, he might be afraid he's left too. Mm. Because he was, he was left also. And so I walked out and I said, I'm sorry. I just get so angry. And what it covers up is that I'm terrified you'll Mm. leave me. And he, his shoulders just dropped and he goes, babe, we're married. I'm never leaving you. Mm. Like it was the most natural thing in the world, but like, I can look back now and see these three distinct ways of being with each other in right. an argument. And one was totally a trauma response. The second one was a trauma response, slightly soothed. And I mm-hmm. was curious. And now that trauma response is, I'm not saying it couldn't come up again, but I, I she was like, all right, self, do your thing, stand up with confidence, right? Yeah. Like, So self isn't just sweet, it's, it has courage and confidence, right. it can be fierce, right? So it's not just, you know, like, I use the example from my Christian days, I'm not anymore, but like Jesus fucking overturned the tables at the mm-hmm. church, and he was supposedly without sin. And so anger is not unholy.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's
0: a courage and a boundary when you got to be fierce you got to be fierce right right it's funny I didn't know I was going to talk about those three things yeah yeah. welcome to the trauma hiders club (laughs) (laughs) well and I want to use I want to use real examples like that is talk about no bullshit here's the thing I'm a leader Mm -hmm. and I am trying to be no I'm not trying I am the fucking leader I needed because when I was a, a real estate coach, coaching other coaches in real estate, we were called productivity coaches. And I remember sharing something about being depressed and having anxiety. And my boss looked at me and was like, I would never share that. Mm. But I had a hundred other coaches from our giant company coming and saying, me too, me too. And I was like, there's something going on where these amazing people are helping other people, but they still have got some serious shit inside. Yeah. Right. And that was 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I made the connection now. I was like, you know, my leaders at that time looked perfect on stage and would never share stuff like that on a podcast, but mm-hmm. we're all fucking human beings. Karen. Right. And I'm still goddamn tired of people pretending they don't have their shit. Right. And so, but you know, I still have people like, I can't believe you did that. I need a coach who's confident. And I was like, well, good fucking luck with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because we're all confident and deeply insecure, and that's you know four or five years ago I started going into both and and woman mm-hmm. of range, and and now I've realized like this is humanity. Yes, and so I want to bring. If you need my perfection, I ain't your gal. Nope. Like I feel real really weird on LinkedIn. Yeah, I feel I like I like I think maybe I need to leave LinkedIn. I think I might be too much for LinkedIn. I I did um, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah. I just I don't know. I mean, I've worked with corporate people before, but. I just need to be unfiltered. I need to be all of me. And my clients, you know, I still get insecure about it because I have other colleagues and friends that are so fucking put together and everything's so beautiful. And it, you know, they don't ever talk about who they're coaching with and they don't ever talk about their problems. And I just try to tell my clients, like we do a behind the scenes every month. And Here's the things that went well, and here's how I'm struggling, and here's how I'm meeting my struggles, right? right. And sometimes it's me with me, and that's like, oh, I talked about this with my therapist, and I just want to be real so that other leaders aren't carrying the burdens of this secret shame of, you know, now what we know is trauma, and then bringing trauma into the mainstream is... It's so needed, right? That's why we're here, right? Yeah, exactly. We need to normalize it. Yes. Yes. Not
1: only that, the, I mean that, yes, that is the mission is to normalize the conversation around trauma. And that came from not only my own healing journey, but it Mm -hmm. also came from an observation that I made in only 100% of my clients Mm (laughs) who Mm -hmm. were bringing, you know, I was like, huh. I hear a I hear from you that there is mm-hmm. a significant moment or significant moments in your life and stories that came from those moments mm-hmm. that are the very thing that are holding you back. Mm-hmm. right. I don't know that I could have seen that if I didn't have my own stories of shame and unworthiness and unlove un- being unlovable. Right, so I thought, and by the way, vast majority of my clients, high level, successful, high achieving, yep. magnificent humans, mm-hmm. and I thought, and and so many had you know in the, what would you like to create? Oh, I'd like to be more confident. I'd like to have greater executive presence, mm-hmm. which I never fucking got anyway. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> right. And bigger than that. Right. I, I want to make a dent in the universe. And the very thing that held them back was these significant events where they decided they're not worthy of the things that they want. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's
0: right. That's why mm-hmm. we're here. Well, it's that. And then as you talk, I have this image in my head. I'm a very visual person. I actually use painting to do this with my clients a lot now too, because painting brings everybody's shit up, mm-hmm. especially high performers. But as you talk, like there's that significant moment and each time it gets triggered yeah, or tapped, you know, it's there. I call them tender there. I'm trying not to use the language triggered, mm-hmm. but they're tender. And so each time they get inflamed, I love Matt Kahn. As yeah. a spiritual teacher, because he so ignored he does not bypass this stuff. And right. he calls it inflamed nervous system. So, right, like these inflamed points. And each time it's like a blanket is over it. And so not only is there that point, and the point is the really significant one, but there's so many layers of thick, heavy, wet blankets on mm-hmm. top that the slower we go, the faster it works. Exactly. Yes. And and you know, in the high performance world, we want it and we want it now. Baruch Assault bitches. I'm right it now. <laughs> I want a noob now, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and we can make this, we can make so many things happen. Like you and I probably both could send out a text and make like $50,000 right. and create a new program. <laughs> and so it's like, nope, I want to go in. I recognize that moment. This is what my daddy did to me. This is what my mom did. Yeah. He's screaming at the door. Daddy, don't leave. Daddy, don't leave. Daddy, don't leave. Oh, now I know what it is. Let's fix it. Oh, right. sweetheart. We have a few blankets to get through. Yes. I hear you. Right. Yes, and being okay with that. We want it fast. And sometimes it is fast. And sometimes it's the slower we go, it works quicker. Right? We right. don't. I don't know. I just, I love when we were, you know, butt kicking coaches. But that that stole the autonomy of these parts, these parts just need a little space. Mm hmm. And it and it works. It worked. Right. like I stood up. I don't want to say I stood up to my husband, because he's not abusive or mean. It just it was like, you know, we all bend in places where we don't really want to bend because we don't want to be rejected. And mm-hmm. I'm not been I'm like, who is this woman that is just grounded in who she is and asked for what she you know, that's how I got on this podcast. Mm-hmm. This was a trauma healing exercise for me to say, because I want to be chosen. And it's been like six years since anybody said, come be on my podcast. So part of me is like, something is wrong with me. So I said, I would like to be on somebody's podcast. Here's the topics I could talk about. And you responded. I did. And that wasn't comfortable for me because (laughs) I'm used to, I'm used to just, you know, oh, I want to be on podcasts. So I'll create one.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that part of you as for what she
0: wants. Well, she's learning to, she's learning to stand up. Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously the leader parts of me stand up, but the, the small, sweet young parts are learning to stand up and it's, yeah. it's healing shit. It's making a difference out in the world. And I'm getting a fucking pool. Like- and you're getting a fucking
1: pool. I was about to ask you what you're most excited about in your world. And I, I
0: hear the pool. The pool, the pool is one of those things. And my husband doesn't get it. Cause he's not a water baby. And he goes, mm-hmm. what do you mean a water baby? And I said, exactly. You don't get it. Like yeah. I, I just, I thrive. Some people thrive in nature. Some people thrive in travel. I thrive floating in a pool. Me too. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I just, so we moved out by the lake and he's like, we have the lake. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes the lake is down and it's not safe for me to swim in the lake by myself. I want the fucking pool. I'll pay for it, all this other stuff. So I'm excited about the pool personally. Like I feel like that honestly completes my like we moved out to the country. We live by the lake. We have mm-hmm. a very nice house, but it's it's so easy to pay for. Like it's mm-hmm. not super expensive. There's not burdens in it's very simple, but also luxurious life. Mm-hmm. Some people would be like, It's not enough for me, but it's so enough. So that feels good. Bill and I are at a really good place. What I'm really excited about is I mean, from the moment I started doing this work with my therapist and coach, I brought it to my coaching clients and I told them, mm-hmm. like, I'm brand new at this, but a lot of them are studying it and we're practicing it. And I'm taking classes, I haven't been able to enroll in the certification and so part of me is like oh there's something wrong like I haven't wanted a certification in forever mm-hmm. but I am doing my due diligence in both formal trainings with my coach therapist with myself like I am so excited to bring this to the coaching world nice and I will say in some of the IFS classes that are like on coaching, then they're, they're like these little sub things, because most of it is therapy based. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I got to be with a the therapist. Hmm. I, Allison, know where my line is, like when I need to refer somebody and I'm not working with people that are coming to me to solve eating disorders or DID or alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like you, I'm working with leaders and yeah. their trauma is showing up. And so I feel very, I, I don't feel like I'm out of my realm of skill. Mm-hmm. Um, And this isn't relatively new, it's just wider and deeper than what I've already been doing. And so I realized as I watched these coaches teach this class, and I was like, boy, this is really dry. Mm. And and maybe that's what they need. And, you know, I don't work in corporations, I say fuck way too much to Mm -hmm. be hired by corporations. (laughs) And um, I don't wear dresses or anything like that. So Or pantyhose. That's a whole nother fucking joke,
1: right? We could do a show on pantyhose. Talk about trauma.
0: Yeah. Oh, seriously. Like I can feel it in my body just when we talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really excited to work with people. And I'm so, I'm so excited about my clients that are responding and they're Mm. like, can we do some parts work on this? And like, even that Enneagram three, like she has a hardcore business coach and she paid in full and was just like I'm ready. You know, she did it very three-style, but she's like, I'm going in deep three-style. And I just I see potential for healing yeah. you where know, the coaching industry has done harm by saying yes. fuck your fears and by saying just do it. And yeah, so I'm both excited and I've got parts of me that are scared I'm gonna do it wrong hmm. or that I'm gonna get criticized by the therapist. Hmm. And my th- my therapist coach goes, You will. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, thank you. That's true. Like, I will. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. I-, I am called for this deep inner work with business people, especially business women. I work with a couple of men, but especially business women. I am called to not bypass the symptoms. And we're going to the root baby. And I'm going to teach you how to do it for yourself, too. Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Well, I'm really excited for you.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: What's been most helpful for you today being in the trauma hiders club?
0: I liked when that first question, like, what am I hiding? Mm-hmm. And this is so apropos because we're subconsciously, our brain is trying to control the outside world. And so my first, my first thought went to the outside world, but your question helped me realize it's never an outside job. It's mm-hmm. like, what am I hiding from inside? Yes. Where am I hiding from myself? Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what's so beautiful about that is that's the one thing I have control over. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I have in exhaustible power is to meet myself. Yes, and so I can meet my own fear of that. So that's what was helpful. Beautiful.
1: I love it, Allison. I love you. I appreciate who you are, the work that you're doing, shining a light in the world, and I wish you only beautiful moments and opportunities Mm -hmm. for your four-year-old, your 10-year-old, your 30-year-old, your Mm -hmm. 40-year-old to show up and ask for what she wants.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for
1: having me. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, discover the rules of Trauma Club. Head over to KarenGoldfingerBaker.com.